Welcome back to the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO. Now, one of the things that we talked about earlier was uh, the missed opportunity of girls and women if they are unable to get on the STEM stream. Yeah. There are women who are more inclined to do other things, not because they're poor in math or in engineering. It's just that their interests lie elsewhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. There are a lot of women who say things like, I like working with people, so therefore I don't want to study engineering. Or I like being creative, so I don't yeah, want to... I want to be a writer or a painter, so what will technology have for me and how it can help me? Yeah. it's a. I mean, it's an interesting one. There are some legitimate ideas behind following your passions, as extreme as they may be. But I, I would encourage people who think like that to kind of revisit, right? Just because you're good at communications doesn't mean you're bad at math. It doesn't mean you're less good at math than your male peers. Mm. You could be wonderful at both. Yes. And even if you're only at the 70th or like 80th percentile at one or the other, there are a lot of opportunities that exist at the intersections of different talents. So what I found fascinating about looking at the most recent breakthroughs in ChatGPT or the large language models is mm. that it's effectively introducing a layer, like a translation layer in between the input and the output that allows the machine to express itself in a slightly more creative way than we've been used to. So the idea of like constructing neural networks and plugging networks together, that actually requires quite a bit of creativity. So like, yeah. don't think that just because engineering is described as something that is analytical, it doesn't mean that there's no creative or design thinking behind it. Mm. And then on top of that, every founder who's kind of tried to scale a company they will probably tell you one of the most important roles is actually their program managers and their product managers. Those are the people who have a technical inclination, but are really good at actually motivating a team without necessarily being their manager. Like, what does that sound like, right? That's like a high EQ person who is maybe like 70th percentile at math and engineering. Yeah. So there are a lot of opportunities and they're highly paid, high growth, and actually relatively rare. If you have 95% males, a lot of them <laughs> maybe not as high EQ. I mean, there's a lot of great program managers who are men for sure. But I think that those are the type of roles that sit at the intersection of skill sets that women might want to look at, even if they mm. decide they don't want to sit in a room and code by themselves. Now, I want to uh, hear more about your observation about the differences between uh, men and women. Are they really pronounced in the workplace or is it something that we just expect because it's kind of like shaped by our culture or popular opinion? Yeah, oh, this is a this can be a very controversial question. I think it's quite clear to everyone that there may be uh, differences in men and women. Um, and it's also individual, right? Like mm. everyone, maybe yeah, it's that's more right. pronounced. Maybe I mean, cohorts pronounced. of men will be different from each other. Same with women. Yeah, exactly. I do think it's true that women may be penalized more for having non-stereotypical feminine traits. Mm -hmm. So a woman who's as, who can be seen as not quite as warm because she's more analytical or a little more assertive, I do agree she gets treated differently than mm -hmm. a male who has those exact same traits. So this comes down to, wait, isn't this about expectations, right? 
So is it the woman's job to tell the world what to expect from her if she's not a stereotypical mold? Or is it the world's responsibility to accept that there's a wide spectrum of female personalities? (laughs) Very good point. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a debate at at a level much higher than my pay grade. Well, there is another uh, probably controversial uh, thing that I would like to ask. How about actively promoting diversity and equity in the workplace? Wouldn't mm. that result in some sort of tokenism that you kind of like push girls yeah. so that, you know, you offer them more opportunities? Yeah, I think this is an interesting one for a variety of reasons. So um, we are a relatively high growth startup. Now, mm. there are different stages where diversity and thought, diversity and background is very valuable. Now, does that does that diversity and thought is that guaranteed by diversity in gender and race? It's, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. true, right? Especially if you have the same educational attainment or socioeconomic background. So yeah. I think the idea of diverse, like forced diversity is a weird one. It becomes almost like a checkbox exercise rather than thinking about what it is that you're actually trying to achieve. So yeah. I, I question whether or not the uh, implementation of these checkboxes is ideal. But how would you handle, for example, uh, providing opportunities for men and women? Like, yeah, I mean, there's so many questions I want to ask you back, right? Like, what what is the definition of a valuable opportunity? Um, If they're able to contribute to an early stage company as they grow, by definition, that's a valuable opportunity for everyone. Mm. I think it always comes down to an economic question for employers. If somebody can offer extraordinary value, no matter what you know, concessions they, meet, they may need or what uh, catering to they may need, of course it makes sense, right? So it's always about like that design and that setting, mutual setting of expectations. Okay, take me back to OmniStream. Yeah. And, and describe to me your hiring and compensation policies. Yeah. Oh, like startup hiring and, and uh, compensation policies change as they grow. So mm. in the early days, it's really simple. Everyone's highly underpaid. <laughs> like in the seed stage, you're just trying to survive, right? That's right. So, yeah, you divide up the equity based on when people join and then everyone's just highly underpaid. Nobody complains about pay discrepancy because everyone knows <laughs> they're highly underpaid. So like in a startup, it's actually not as big of a topic. <laughs> Yeah, we're coming. Yeah, like you know, Series A is kind of the same. Everyone is still highly underpaid, just slightly less so. Yes, probably slightly better at this stage, and then it gets better, hopefully. Yeah, like hope. You know, we're kind of getting to the stage where we're now paying slightly above market. But you know, in the early days, it's not something we ever had to think about because it's just it's not about divvying up the salaries; it's about divvying up the equity. Mm. Okay, now um, all things being equal man, woman hired already in position and, and, you know, giving their best effort to the company. How do we ensure that uh, it stays that way? Ensure stays that everyone's giving their best effort to the company. Yes. And will there be different program or approach uh, being used towards women and another set of uh, program or or ways of approaching uh, men? Mm. I don't know if thinking about policies or programs within the company is necessarily the best way. Yeah. 
it's not the best way to articulate because so much of it is a philosophy of flexibility rather uh, than like, okay. this is exactly the program we're going to implement. You have to work this. Way I now. want, I want to hear more about that, that, that yeah. philosophy of, uh, yeah, it's we're outcomes driven company outcomes in a tech company is not always clear, right? Outcomes in wall street, maybe a little more clear. It's like, what's your trading PL? Mm. But outcomes in a tech company is much harder to gauge. So okay. how do you know somebody's putting in their best effort? What the way that we think about it actually is, I mean, this is flawed and it's, I'm, I'm definitely open to hearing if any listeners have some feedback. The way that we try to think about it is, are you pushing yourself in a growth mindset, especially if you're early on in your career? Because mm. we do support people to go to courses, to learn things, we'll pay for it. So like, are you actually getting a little bit better every month, every year? So if you get better, like by 1% every month, and that's like a very, very low bar, right? You're going to be <laughs> substantially better in three years. If you aim for 1% better every week, that's an insane amount of improvement over even one or two years. So the way that we think about it for our early hires is, wait a minute, are you putting in that effort or are we constantly pushing you to do that 1% higher or sorry, 1% better? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's how we think about gauging that, whether- that, That's a good somebody, point. Yeah, like we're putting in the effort, are you? I see. Okay, now, finally, I'm sure people look up to you, especially women and girls look up to you because of you know your background and where you are right now. What is the message to this women and girls mm. where, where STEM is concerned, where you know, uh, being a career woman, a professional woman is uh, concerned? Yeah, I would say the number one thing that I'd probably like to say is just have fun. It can be <laughs> like, it's, people are going to look down on you. People are going to make fun of you. People are going to like underestimate you. But like I was saying earlier, just tell yourself a funny story. You can either be offended, you can get sad, but I don't understand how that's helpful. So or you, you can rise help. above it. Yeah, exactly. So find some good girlfriends who will laugh with you and just rise above it. Like you said, have fun. Ah, there you go. You said find some girlfriend you, you can, uh, you know, it has become quite fashionable in some uh, professional environments to for women to mentor other women. I'm not saying that they're neglecting the men, but they kind of like see women as more in need of help. Where do you stand on that? Is is it uh, important or is it necessary for women to mentor women? I do think so. Not because I think it's to the exclusion of men. Actually, I think I only mentor men right now. But um, the reason I think it's important to mentor women is because they're, or to proactively go out and mentor women, they're probably less likely to seek you out. Mm, even if I they see. need that help. So it's just the proactive versus reactive. Whereas the men will actively email me and said, I need help with this. Can you look at this with me? I don't know who you are, but like, I need your help. Hmm. So then um, does having a program catered to, you know, women who are not as proactive or maybe not as vocal about their requirements, does it help? Is it necessary to have programs like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, especially for women who are relatively earlier in their careers. So we have an advisor to our business. Her name is Eliza. She recently wrote a book called Don't Quit Your Day Job. It's catered towards people earlier in their careers, but she also does something called Mentor Walks. So mm. her and a group of other very qualified and accomplished women, they will go for nice long walks, I think once a month in Sydney and Singapore. So both cities. Ah, interesting. Yeah, we've um, we sponsored a couple of our female staff to go on these walks. 
But the idea is it's confidential. I'm not there. The other you know, leaders in the company are not there. Mm. It's just a chance for them to network and also to just you know, unburden themselves and ask some career questions to accomplish women that you and I probably have heard about. So I do mm. think that's important. And I do think casual mentoring like that, it's probably even more important than the formal programs. Formal programs makes the assumption that you know, the personal, that personal rapport doesn't matter as much, right? Yeah. So let's, yeah. I, yeah. I do think something informal and pushing the, the junior women in the company to attend these informal events and let them follow up on the ones that have rapport. I do think that's a better way to go about it. Okay. In just a few days, International Women's Day, what are your thoughts about it? What else do we need to do to, to make sure that there's equity? as you put it. Yeah. Well, let's celebrate it. Not Let's not just observe it because observance makes it sound like it's something to be mourned. But <laughs> yeah, let's just celebrate it and show a little bit of appreciation to the women in our lives. Well, Wendy, thank you very much. It has been wonderful to have you on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mark. Wonderful to be here. This has been the Portfolio Podcast presented by YPO, Young Presidents' Organization. Join our community of more than 30,000 leaders and don't miss out on the life-changing experience of YPO membership. To learn more, visit ypo.org.